Welcome to Old School Wrestling with Glenn and Azza. Um, if you've heard the first episode, that's great. And thank you for coming back. This is episode two. Um, I know we said we we're going to do WrestleMania, but things got a bit... Yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, spine chilling as well, because we were watching stuff the other day that really made our goosebumps come up. and So we decided that we were going to go for that. Um, we both have colds. Yay. Um, so that's what a bit weird. Um, so, yeah, today's episode is literally going to be about moments that have made you, your hair stand up on the back of your neck, you've got goosebumps, give you shivers. So, have you got any, any ones, good or bad? Yeah, I have several on both aspects. Um, one of the first ones that I would like to mention is uh, the fact of when Jerry the King Lawler had his heart attack. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was um, that definitely was a bit bit uh, bit chilling, especially the fact that that night he had already had a match, yeah. um, and then he's sitting there doing the commentary. You you didn't think anything of it, and then all of a sudden you just you you see out of the corner of the of the screen something's going on on the announce table and obviously you got Michael Cole trying to continue while his his colleague is um nearly dying next to him. Yeah, it wasn't just him, it was you could see Kane and everybody as well looking across, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Every everyone who was there at the time was all was all like something's not quite right here. Yeah, I remember watching that and it was like it went quiet for a while, and then like you saw them all working on him, and I was like, I "Have what's going on? Is he dead?" Yeah, you know. And the fact that after that, to Michael Cole's credit as well, you know, I've never been his biggest fan, but it kept the people up to date with how he was getting on. And then they did no commentary for the last two matches, which I thought was really good. Yeah, yeah. It just just shows you the respect in it, so mm. yeah, it does. It's just it's one of those you gotta have respect for somebody because without people like Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross and even Michael Cole and Taz, Bobby Heenan and and Grilla Monsoon, you would have no commentary now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, especially Bobby Heenan and Grilla Monsoon, them two were hilarious together. Oh yeah, but then you easily, even right back to uh, Vince McMahon when he was on uh, the announce table when yeah, you had just Vince, Vince Ventura. And, yeah, but you had Vince and Macho Man. Oh god, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were some some funny matches that they called. Oh, I remember them. Yeah, I mean another something. It's a moment. It's a spine chilling moment because it was it shouldn't have happened. But do you remember in WCW when Sid Vicious came off the top rope? What and broke his leg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my cousin were watching that, and it, it was literally like, okay, so we didn't want to look, but it's like a car accident. You can't help yourself. Yeah, there's lots of things like that, though, isn't there? You just like you, 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 it's it's happened, and you're like, oh, I don't want to look at that. And then, but it's just something in your brain. It's like you've got to look. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I may have never seen anything like this again. Yeah, you will. Exactly. But you know, well, it's not happened many times in wrestling where they broke their legs. No, but that was that was brutal. But then I suppose it's not quite as um, 
actually, no, I think it was actually more graphic than the broken leg. Um, you had, uh, oh, I can't think of his name now. Um, one half of Eminem. You had John Morrison. Oh, Joe and Murphy, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. When he got whacked with the ladder. I remember that. I remember totally watching. busted his face open. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. But, and actually, Johnny, Johnny Nitro had to finish the match on his own, or Joe, Johnny Mercury, or whatever he wanted to be called then. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, I know people say that wrestling is fake. It's not fake. It's scripted, but it's yeah. not fake. Because you Things can't happen. fake having your face busted open like that, because that was yeah. just... I suppose, really, that's another one that, that did put a bit of ghost pimps on my arms, because it's yeah. like, you, you've seen the blood and gore of, of different wrestling matches, but yeah. actually that, you, you, it, was, it was only supposed to, like, he was supposed to move before it hit his head, and he obviously moved at the wrong time, and yeah, he was unrecognisable after that. Yeah, it's like, I think with, with ECW, you expect it. But with WCW and WWE, it's like, hmm, not seen that for a while or never seen that before. No. Don't think that was meant to happen. No, no. I suppose, really, when you go back to to in the ECW one, you had when um, New Jack, I can't think who it was, but he chucked him off the right of the very top of the scaffolding, didn't he? Yeah, the scaffolding that was swaying. Yeah. And he, I remember that was against he, Tommy Dreamer. No, not Tommy Dream. It was someone was else. Tommy? No, it, oh, was okay. someone, it was someone else because they had had a match previously because I've watched saying New Jack said about it. They had a match previously and it was supposed to go down, but it didn't. And then they had this match and New Jack went up there knowing he was going to chuck him off. And, and the other bloke was like, no, I don't want to do it. And New Jack was just like, you're going. And he actually said in the documentary I seen, he actually said he was trying to kill him. Because there was like stupid amounts of tables below it as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember but that. New, I New actually Jack, remember seeing it. Yeah, New Jack was trying to kill him, not not just as in the match, as kill him in a storyline was literally trying to kill him because of saying that he'd done about a year previous. Oh. Uh, a guy called Grimes, apparently Vic Grimes. His name. That's is. it. That's the one, Vic Grimes. Sorry, I just have a quick look. Yeah, no, because I, I watched a, a, a um, video on YouTube from New Jack uh, only a couple of weeks back, and he was saying he he literally wanted to kill him because I think it was about 12 months previous, he'd done something to New Jack, um, dropped him on his head or something, and nearly killed mm. New Jack. And he was just like, no, I'm, I'm out to, to actually get you. And uh, yeah, it's literally, he, he purposely wanted to miss the tables. Wow, it's harsh, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but going back to old uh, Jerry Lawler, I mean, when when he nearly died, it makes you think of some of the other matches that he had, and one that I loved, I don't know why I loved it. But when he at King of the Ring 1995, when he done the foot match with Bret Hart, kiss my foot match, yeah, yeah. that was a and good it, match. That was it was a good match. It was a really good match. But it's like all the sorts of stuff that he done to his foot to make it all disgusting, oh, and then yeah. and it was just like mm, <laughs> he ended up kissing his own foot, didn't he? Yeah, Bret turned his own foot on him. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then oh, obviously, yeah. as you watch through the rest of uh, the, the King of the Ring, he end, you, you go to a point where he's out the back brushing his teeth and he's spewing his guts up. Yeah. Good old 90s wrestling for you. Yeah. That was... Well, that's the thing. It's, it's like we said on the last one. The stuff nowadays, there's no way Vince McMahon's going to put that sort of stuff on TV now. No, no. See, back then he was all about ent- entertainment, but he's all about entertainment now and I don't get it. No. It's like, just off topic quickly, the eye for eye match, Steph Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. What was that all about? Yeah. Honestly, God, that was one moment that I watched it and I went, he did put like, a, hairs on the back of my neck, like, well, that could actually have happened. But then I'm thinking, they wouldn't have done it. No. It's not a prayer. They would have popped Rey Mysterio's eye out. No, I mean, they keep on saying that he actually, his eye was actually popped out. There's no way that his eye was popped out. No. I mean, not even back in the 90s at the Attitude Era would they have actually popped someone's eye out. No. And there's no way in the PG era they're going to pop someone's eye out. I mean, I know they want to go to a new risque era, but maybe a, a, a screwdriver to bust somebody up or a cheese grater, but not popping an eye. No, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Seth Rollins' reaction afterwards was great when he threw up. Yeah. You know, it was like, yeah, you're trying to make this as believable as possible. You've got to throw up, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I I didn't, I didn't understand. I, I, I didn't understand that whole, that whole part. Nah. Right. Going back to Goosebumps moment, Bret Hart, WrestleMania 10, when they all came out at the end after he beat Yokozuna. Yeah. And they all held him up. That was a moment where as a kid, I was like, oh, you know, put a massive smile on my face and, you know, it didn't make the hairs on my arm stand up a bit. It was like, you know what? He's actually respected by the people around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just one moment that always sticks into my head. I mean, obviously I said on the last podcast, I always thought Owen Hart was better than Bret Hart, but mm. at that point, yeah, he deserved that. He, it, as you show, as as you say, it shows that he was respected by by everyone. Yeah, and you know, he, I mean, the thing the thing with Bret Hart is you can say he's a bit arrogant that he thinks he's the best in the world, like the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. He was good. In my eyes, Owen Hart was better. But mm-hmm. like you say, at, at the point of of winning that at uh, uh, um, WrestleMania, what was that? WrestleMania 10? 10, yeah. Yeah. When he won that at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it's it was a good, it was good. It, it was, it did give the goosebumps. Yeah. It was, it was good because, I mean, we are going to do our favourite WrestleManias and that is one of mine. 10 is definitely one of mine, but. You had the Owen Hart winning at the beginning. Yeah. Which, to be honest, surprised everybody, which was great. And then for Brett to win the title at the end and everybody come out like Lex Luger, Razor, Ramon, Macho, Manta, Tonka, one, two, three, kid. God, there was loads more. And I'm sure Burt Reynolds was in the ring at one point as well. <laughs> you know, for some strange reason. But it was, it was just one of those feel-good Yeah, it was just one of those feel-good moments, I think. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, when Ray Mysterio won the title, the world title off Kurt Angle and Randy Orton. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. 
I shed a tear because it was lovely to see him win it. But at the same time, I knew why he'd won it. Yeah. You know, it was a pity title in my eyes. Nothing, don't take nothing away from that match. That match was fantastic. But it was a pity title. But at the, at the time, it was like, you did that, Freddie. I've got a bit of a tear in my heart. Yes, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kurt Angle in that match made it as well, where Mysterio pins Orton. And Kurt literally dives in at the last second to try and stop the pin, like to saving his title, and he misses. And you can just look, see the look at his stand on his face. And it was like two contrasting faces. It was great. Yeah. And then when Chavo and Vicky come out, it was like, yeah, this is a nice moment. You don't get many of them, but it's a nice moment. Yeah, no, it was nice for, for Chavo and, and Vicky to come down. Mm-hmm. That was a nice, nice little touch. See, uh, one moment, I don't know if you remember it, but one moment for me, in the, not the attitude, the ruthless aggression era. When Big Show was on the top rope and Brock Lesnar suplexed him off. Superplexed, sorry. Yeah. And the ring broke. Yeah. It wasn't staged like it was with Big Show and Mark Henry or Braun Strowman and Big Show. He actually broke. You know, to be to watch the referee's face, he's like, what the fuck happened here? What, what, where, what's going on? Where's the ring posts? Yeah. If you watch a documentary, as Big Show's getting helped out, Brock's got the title in his hand. He's just looking around going, Holy, <laughs> what have we done? Aren't we glad we're the main event? <laughs> well, if it weren't, if it wasn't the main event, it ended up being it because yeah. they weren't going to be able to put the ring back together quick enough, would they? But that was one of those moments that really, like, goosebumps. I was like, my God, they've actually broke the ring. And yeah. then to find out it wasn't even staged, it was like, what? Yeah. What force did you... I know you got like 500 pounds and maybe 300 pounds, but what force must you have hit it with? Well, it's got to, got to have been some force, some force to have done that to a ring. Bearing in mind, these rings are supporting these sort of wrestlers all the time. They're, 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 they're jumping on these mats all the time. Mm-hmm. All right, I know it's from obviously the top rope, but... They're they're designed to withstand withstand this and and like you say, not not staged, it it totally demolished the mm. ring. Yeah. It's just a good job that no one was hiding under the ring like they do sometimes. Yeah, somebody does a run out. Um I think there was somebody meant to do a run out. What? Uh Yeah. <laughs> There's someone under the ring. Yeah. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have been good. So what's your next one? What are you thinking? I've done. A, I've done mine. Um, well, the thing is, you've got so many different ones. It's it's trying to pick the ones for the right reason. Mm-hmm. And there's, I've got two. They're with they're with the same star. You've got the 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 goose pumps. The goose bumps came when. Edge was in the middle of the ring giving his retirement speech because it one more bump and he's gonna be paralyzed. Yeah. Now that it was just like what? It's yeah. It was a real big shock and it was like mm, I, I don't know how I'll like this. And he gave you the goosebumps thinking like you're never gonna see him. But then I get the goosebumps down the line 
when he comes and they, uh, comes back and in uh, the Royal Rumble. Yeah. See, for me, when Edge comes out, you actually hear Jerry Lawler say, there's rumours going round. I hope they're not real. Or I hope they're not true. Yeah. And then, you know, he confirms that they are true. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, it took me for a shot, that one did. Because you saw him at WrestleMania and he beat Alberto Del Rio fine. And then when he walked down to the ring, he looked fine. It was just like, what? Wow. Yeah, that's the thing. He looked... It, it didn't look like there was anything wrong with him, but obviously the doctors are telling him, you take one more bump to the neck, mate, you're going to be paralysed. Yeah. And it's like, he obviously had to evaluate life, and obviously he's going to choose being able to do stuff with his family and his kids rather than being in a wheelchair for the, for the rest of his life. So he had to do it. Yeah, but to think that he's the champion and he's had to relinquish his title through injury, not at the point thinking that he was never going to be able to do what he loved doing ever again. Yeah, so there's a there's another follow up there, like Christian winning the title. You yeah. know me, I love Christian. I think he's one of the best, not the greatest, but one of the best. Yeah, but. I th- seriously think he won the world title because it was a pity title because of who Edge was. Yeah. Like Ray with Eddie. Yeah. I mean, don't uh, get me wrong. The matches he had after that with Randy, he proved he could go with the best. That's, that is the only problem sometimes with um, Vince McMahon. He, he does the pity titles. It's like, right, like you say with Christian, you're going to have this because Edge can't no longer have it. Mm. Um, right, you're going to have this because Eddie's gone. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I would think it would be more, uh, more better if they had actually gone. Do you know what, Ray? Yeah, Eddie's gone. We're not giving you the title yet. Yeah, but you are going to be having a title run later on, and then actually give it to him where he's actually built up and and done it for himself. And the same with. Uh, Christian, yeah, we're giving you the title because Edge is actually retire. Well, yeah, cheers. That's that that makes me feel really good for my title run. So there was a Not... the difference between Ray and Christian, though. With Ray, he didn't really have a run. He didn't really have many people to go against. Whereas Christian had that massive rivalry during the summer with Randy Orton. Yeah, you know, at least say with Christian, they did something with it. With Ray, it was just a case of hold on to this until. I can't even remember. So I think it was Booker T off him. Yeah, I think it was Booker that took it from him. You know, and I would have been more nifted at that rather than, well, you've given the toll and now you're giving me what? Nobody? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a, I'm a big fan of Rey Mysterio. I like Rey Mysterio, but yeah, man. He, he, deserved, he deserved to actually win that title on merit, not just because of Eddie. Mm. So, I mean, that's that's my opinion on that anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of TNA you watched when it was TNA. I've watched I've watched a fair bit of TNA. Well, do you remember when Kurt Angle was going through his problems with drugs? And he went really thin. 
Uh, yeah, I, I do recall seeing a bit of him when he, he well, lost was, all the weight. Well, it was an episode when he went away for ages. I think we need to rehab or something. Vince McMahon paid for it and he was in a rival company. Um, and when he come back, he was stood in the ring and he went to break down in tears and everybody was saying, you deserve it. Uh, you rock, you deserve it. And he started crying. And that was one of those moments where it was just like, oh, once again, it was like shivers, goosebumps, yeah. you know. Yes, he did wrong. He's just admitted he did wrong, yet the fans are still behind him. Yeah. You know, I mean, unlike when Jeff Hardy did it, you uh, know, and he went into that match against Sting and he was absolutely off yeah, his face. I mean, <clears throat> I how they allowed him to even walk down the aisle, because I know it was the main event and I know it, it had to be done, but surely management at the back, surely you're going to look at Jeff and say, we cannot send him down like that. See, we, the thing is, man, we, we, you... Go on. We, we, they should have looked at him and gone, we have got to do something to this match. We can't send him down there. We've got to do something. I mean, I don't know who they would have sent down in his place or what, they because they would have had to have put on something. But what they put on, I mean, the crowd... You, you you hear it in the crowd, they're saying that it was like a really bad match and all that. And even Sting, it's like, yeah, I know, I know. It, it, he's he's disgusted. Sting is disgusted that he's had to get the title that way off of Jeff Hardy. And it's just like... See, to me, I mean, we, we do little storylines on WWE. If something like that happened in real life to me, I'd be like, right, Jeff, you're not fit to do that. Yeah. Right. So this is what we're going to do. You're going to go into rehab tomorrow. Yeah. Right, go backstage. Somebody's gonna jump. Yeah, you're gonna be like, right? They can't. He can't continue with the title. Then put Sting versus. I mean, at the time you had Anderson, Angle, Hulk Hogan, AJ Styles, Abyss. You had all the greats yeah. in that at that point. You just go right. He's the placement, or you know, whoever the number one contender would have been after that. Well, for the vacant well, TNA title, because wasn't um, Jeff Hart a part of the Immortals, weren't he? Yeah. So all you, you had to grab do somebody is, else from the immortal? Is, yeah, that's what you say. Is have him jumped in the back, have it go out on the Titantron, right? He's can't compete, he's been attacked. we he's being replaced by such and such for this match. It's a non title match because obviously Jeff's not able to. And then the, the following week, Jeff has been injured, he's gonna be out for a, a couple of months, he has yeah. to vacate the title, and like you say, then go and do a tournament to win the title. That would well, have been much that. better. Not even that. The two that were in the match, like Sting and whoever, just put them in the match that night. So we will crown a new champion tonight after they said that Sting, uh, Jeff Hardy can't continue. This yeah. is why Jeff Hardy will never be in, in my, any of my top tens. Yes, he's a great competitor. Yes, he does some crazy stuff. But he's... he's I don't know. He's just not right. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, we're going to do a, a podcast later on about the tag teams. And yes, Jeff will be with the Hearty Boys in my top 10 because mm. the Hearty Boys, when they had Lita and all that sort of stuff, they were yeah. epic. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I'm the same as you, I wouldn't be able to say Jeff Hearty is a single competitor because he doesn't. Oh, as a, as he a tag team, many. absolutely. As a tag team, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, when they was 
Team Extreme with Lita and all that. There was, there was, they they were the 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 best team, one of the best teams of the eras. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that'd be for another podcast for us to talk about that one. Absolutely. See, there you go. You've just like gone into another moment that's given me, you know, when something happens on TV and you're like, oh my God, why? And you get really excited. Yeah. It involved Lita and it yeah. had Triple H and Stone Cold and they were about to hit her with a chair. Yeah. And then The Undertaker and Kane came out and it was like, oh, the Brothers of Destruction are here. The place blew up on the TV. Me and my cousins and my mates were like, yeah, hey, the Brothers of Destruction are here. And it was just one of those moments like, Yes, you couldn't have actually seen them hitting later, although they did the week after with a chair. Yeah, but then, like you said, you are in your attitude area where anything went. Well, exactly that. I mean, you're saying that they wouldn't hit a woman with a chair. Bubba Ray, Bubba Ray, put um, who was it? Fabulous Moolah through a table. Andrew Stratus. Andrew Stratus. <laughs> it's like I mean, Trish Stratus. Yeah. It's, it's a woman going through a table by Bubba Ray, but Bubba Ray putting an 80-odd or a 90-odd-year-old yeah. woman through a table. May Young, May Young. <laughs> that was it, May Young. But Oh, some weird stuff happened in the Attitude Era. <laughs> and that is why the Attitude Era is my favourite. Mm. Because of the amount of weird things that went on in the Attitude Era. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, the Attitude Era had so many moments where I'm just like, wow, oh my God. I mean, the one that sticks out for me, I know you've seen it as well, was during Invasion. Yeah. And you had, was it Taz taking on Kurt Angle? Yeah. And Taz come out with the team ECW, WCW, didn't they? And Kurt Angle come down looking all nervous because he saw them all. And then all of a sudden, they all come from backstage. You know, you had The Undertaker, you had Big Show, Albert, Kane, they all yeah. walking behind him. All, it was just all like, of the WWF as it was. Yeah, Bradshaw. You were just like, yes, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I sent you that video and you were like, yep, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when you're talking about Attitude Era, you've got things like that. And it's just, when, when you've got the, when you've got, like you say, him coming down on his own and he's like, nobody wants to be with me. And they all come down. It's just like, yeah. Uh, it's another, it's, it's another, it is another, another uh, goose bumping moment. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. See the, the only, the other, the other goosebump moment I can think of right now, I've got loads, but just picking out the top meds is the Eddie Guerrero tribute shows. Yeah. Both of them. I mean, firstly, when they opened it up, you had a 500-pound, seven-foot giant crying his eyes out like a baby. Yeah. I mean, yes, Chavo, Ray, and Chris Benoit. And yes, we are going to mention his name in this podcast quite a lot. Well, we'll mention his name in quite a few podcasts because, as we stated last last podcast, him in the ring, he was was one of the best. So... We, we will talk about him in his in-ring. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't talk about the Attitude Era without Chris Benoit. Yeah. I mean, you got them three crying. Yes, they're his best friends. They're going to cry. Obviously, you got, I mean, we spoke quickly about it earlier. I mean, I'll let you put your points across as well on it, but 
for me, the one thing that sticks out is Rey Mysterio versus Shawn Michaels. That match that night, when Shawn Michaels grabs Ray at the end and just hugs him, literally just squeezes him. Yeah. And then you got the heel, Triple H, against Chris Benoit. And at the end of that match, when Benoit beats him, Triple H gets up and literally just kayfabe goes straight out of the window. Because yeah. they stand in the middle of the ring and they just hug. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? Forget bad guys versus good guys in this scenario. I mean, the only part, the only part that of the two shows I didn't like was Cena versus Randy. Yeah. And yes, Randy was the arrogant kid, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the match, when he tried to jump Cena, rather than just like pay tribute to Eddie Guerrero, but that then led into the storyline with getting into the main event of WrestleMania with Ray. Yeah. But I still think they could have held off a week for that. Yeah, well, again, this comes down to, to Vince McMahon thinking more business. Yeah. Instead of just having them two shows all about Eddie, showing the respect, and not worried about any storylines, he was like, right, this is the ideal opportunity to put him in that storyline where it, to get that one kick-started. Like you say, he should have waited a week and then done something to kickstart it that week. Well, because the week after, he qualified for the Survivor Series team, taking Guerrero's spot, didn't they? Yeah. You know, so why not just even lay off a little bit and then maybe after Survivor Series, have him attack, I don't know, start a little rivalry with Rey Mysterio, going up to the Royal Rumble. Rey Mysterio throws him over, like he did. Yeah. And then just crack on from there. But I, it, it was the only sad part. I don't blame Orton for it. Orton's just being told what to do. But at yeah. the end of that that night, when Cena lays down the the t shirt and then puts the title with it, yeah, and and he walks away. I think maybe him and Orton could have both done it. Like one put the shirt down, one put the title down, then points up to the sky and then just walk off. Yeah, I mean that that would have showed more respect to the late great Eddie Guerrero. He was late great. I mean. People say, right, he won one title. Yes, he did win one title, but he was loved when he won that one title. And he had some great matches after that. Yeah. You know, and the fact that where he came from, yeah, what he did, how he built it back up, and then he got to there. I mean, just quickly, there there was a promo he did with Brock Lesnar where Lesnar says, you don't understand what it's like to be the WWE champion. You don't understand what it, how, I, how I need to be the champion. And for about 10 minutes, I think Eddie just went off script. Yeah. And he said, you don't think, oh, well, it, you know, I built myself up after my drugs. I lost my family. I lost my kids. I lost my job. I've built my family back up. I've built my job back up just to get one shot at that. Yeah. That was a goosebump moment. There you go. Yeah. It was that promo for me because even Brock Lesnar, you could just see and go, "Oh shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah." I mean, it's it, we're with Eddie the Guerrero is when he first came over to WWE and he sat in the audience with Chris Incredible. Benoit and um, Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko, yeah, and Dean Malenko when he's sitting there and to look at what he was like then, yeah. To what he was at the end, it was just like he he improved so much. Yeah, and 
he he deserves to be known as one of the greatest all time wrestlers. Absolutely, that's you know it was hard to leave him out in my top five last week. It was hard. Yeah, but like I said, on merit alone, on my heart, he'd have been number two. Yeah, but on merits, you know where he's come from, what he'd won. Um. I mean, I'm I'm watching a series called Relive the Monday Night Wars on YouTube. Yeah. And he's in WCW in a storyline with Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know them three ever fought. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many different different matches that happened back in, in the past. Yeah. And you watch it and you're like, whoa, I didn't realise them two were ever against each other. I thought they were always friends. It is, it is amazing what you can find when you do look back on certain people's careers. Yeah. Um. What was the one you? It was the low rider you said to me earlier, wasn't it, Eddie Guerrero's Yeah, nature. yeah. When they came out with the low rider. Hmm. The uh, yeah, when he was in that. Yeah, and it was just like, yeah, that. It was that his did, promo as well. Yeah, because that gave me goosebumps. Because yeah, he couldn't, the, he couldn't hold it, it back, could he? No, he couldn't. He couldn't hold the tears back as well. And yeah, to hear his music, it was like, oh, hang on, he was—he's dead. Yeah. And then and see, be... seeing it come out in that low rider, it just just as it always does, but just yeah. without Eddie driving it. See, I'm glad that he got the chance to turn face again before he passed away. Yeah, because he turned heel for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Then he went into that friendship rivalry with Batista and it turned him uh, face. And I yeah. love the fact that he was able to go out as a face and not as a heel. Yeah. Although one of the storylines I did really like with Eddie Guerrero, and it was Eddie Guerrero and um, Rey Mysterio. And it comes quite apt as of the fact that now Dominic is in also the WWE, is when Eddie Guerrero was like, I'm your papa. Ah, uh, yes, the ladder match, yes. Yeah, and it was just like, I'm your papa. And it's like, uh, that whole storyline. Uh, yeah, that was a I, great, great storyline. I, I actually did enjoy that storyline. I enjoyed that ladder match. Yeah, the ladder match was good as well, yeah. Um, Just, I know, that, I know there was a bit of a cock up in it. Because, you know, when he's at the top and he's got the briefcase. Yeah. And um, I think Ray was underneath the ladder. Vicky was meant to come out and shake the ladder. Oh, right. And she missed a cue. So uh, Eddie looked down. You can see him say to Ray, move the ladder. So he fell off and he's pumping the floor and he's going, you can actually say, where the fuck is she? She missed the cue. <laughs> and then like they do it all over again. Then she runs down. I don't, I, I don't think I noticed that actually at the time. I might have to rewatch that. Yeah, if you ever get time to watch it, watch it because it's just like, yeah, she missed a cue. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny when you notice. Well, if you can notice doing it when they miss their cues, and if not, when you rewatch it, and you're like, I think someone missed their cue there. Yeah. <laughs> Although, not so much missing his cue, but something that I wait, I have found funny not so long ago. It's only a couple of years ago. You had uh, Tyson O'Neill coming running down to the, oh, the rumble and goes underneath the ring. It's the commentators <laughs> that get me. 
it is the commentators that get me because they're just like, well, did that? Yes, it just did happen. <laughs> and then they're just in hysterics then. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you're talking about the Royal Rumbles, I'm sure we'll do a podcast on it eventually. But when you're talking oh, about God, the Royal yeah, Rumbles, another one I liked was um, one of the Bushwhackers. He come down, marching down like they do in the ring, chucked out the other side and just carried on marching straight back up again. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was highly amusing as well. Yeah, I think that was better than the Santino one where he comes in and Kane just rolls him out and he goes, I wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh. def- definitely we'll have to do a, a podcast on the Royal Rumble because there's so many different ones that you, you can come out with that. But that's definitely way off topic for today. Yeah. So go on then. Any more that you can think of? I know you mentioned one to me earlier. Uh, well, the the next one I want to talk about is uh, potentially not one that I spoke to you about earlier, but I oh. thought about, I thought about it since I last spoke to you. Is okay. um, the uh, big boss man when he got uh, put in the uh, noose from the the cage? Oh God, yeah. When Edge and Christian come down from the ceiling, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about he's, that. He's That's been taken up and he's... It, 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 been you, hung. Yeah, you literally thought he was dying there on the screen. He, you thought he's being hung for real. Yeah. I remember that. Jesus, I forgot about that. And that's another late great wrestler as well. Big boss. Yeah. yeah, very, very good wrestler. He, he was a very good wrestler. Unfortunately, he was never going to anything more than a mid-carder, but... No, he, he was definitely a mid-carder. He... he 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 didn't have the right again though it's coming down to being given the right gimmick he yeah. won with the gimmick he was given yeah but i think if he had been given a different gimmick he could have gone further but for he was what better he was than given, he was in wcw yeah but for what he was given he he done he done absolutely amazing and another, yeah. and, and another good thing that I liked as well with Big Boss Man is when uh, Nails came in as well. Yes, yeah, and in May, and they did the um, not stick on the pole match, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely a Vince Russo idea. That was <laughs> <laughs> definitely was. Um, see, there's there's a moment with Big Boss Man that always it shouldn't make me smile, but it does. And it, it does make me chuckle a bit. It's not one of those oh my god moments. I just put the hairs on the back of my hat, but. Do you remember when Big Show was at his dad's funeral? <laughs> and yes, jumped, you do. He jumps on the back of the uh, the coffin. Because <laughs> he drags it away. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't have made me laugh, but he did. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. this is scripted because that's so disrespectful. It is. And the, the only slight thing I didn't like with that is because, obviously, Big Show did, in real life, lose his dad. Yeah. So it was brought into the storyline. I didn't like the fact that it was like true as well as scripted. Yeah, I know. Obviously, I know it wasn't actually at his dad's fu- real funeral, but no, I got a feeling that that they would have run it past him and gone, "Can we do this?" And Big Show's gone, "Yeah, okay." Oh yeah, Big Show would have had to have gave it the thumbs up. He, he, there's no way Big Show would have gone. All right, I'm just doing as I'm told here. He. There's, there's no way he would have just said that. It, it was definitely run past him. Yeah. But yeah, as he's driving off with it, with the coffin on the back and Big Show jumps on it, that was highly amusing. Uh, when, he's, when he fell off at the end as well, I was like, oh, bless him. <laughs> but I mean, 
Personally, I think we could probably do a whole podcast on the big show because there's been so many different things with him. Back from uh, yeah. WCW when he was uh, in I gotta, WWE. Yeah. I got a feeling that could be definitely one to do in the future. Just a podcast about him. Yeah, I mean when he right, comes when, show. when he comes down every week as a different character as Hulk Hogan uh, and and all the, the other Hulk ones Hogan that he comes down. The Hulk Hogan one gets me every time. It was what funny. you're gonna do. <laughs> And then when he had the, the sumo match at WrestleMania. God, oh, against Aki Bono. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not one of my, my WrestleMania moments. So that's not coming oh, in the no. podcast. But, I mean... Hon- it, honest to God, nothing from that WrestleMania sticks in my head apart from that. No. Well, no. And yet you had Cena, Triple H and Orton in the main event. Yeah. Edge versus Undertaker. How does nothing else stick in my head apart from Big Show in a thong or sarong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some uh, 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 an hour's worth of podcast we could do on the big show. Oh, gotcha, easily. <laughs> so you said earlier about one about Hawk. Was it Hawk? Hawk? Yeah, Hawk on the top of the Titan trying to remember it now. You yeah. said it to me. Yeah, I mean that's one of the ones. I mean, I've always been a, a Road Warriors fan. Mm-hmm. Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, whatever you want to call them. I was a fan of them. When they come down, oh, what a rush. And it's just like, as soon as that hit, you're like, yes. Oh, God, yeah, that, oh, that was it. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the best entrances they done was in 92 when it, at SummerSlam, when it was in the Harley Davidson's, yeah. Coming down. And if I remember rightly, I'm sure Hulk said that as he got off, he burnt his leg. And had to wrestle the match with Burntleg. Oh wow! I'm sure it was uh, that one. I'm sure it was Hawk that said it, or was it Animal? No, it might have been Animal actually. But yeah, going back to the, the the bit that we were saying, it was when he was obviously he had his problems with drinks and drink and drugs, which a lot mm. of stars do have problems with drinks and drugs because they're yeah. on the road 300 odd days of the year. I don't like the fact that Vince does bring these sort of stuff into storylines, and this is one where he really shouldn't have done. But it did yeah. definitely give me goosebumps when he was stood on top of that Titan Tron, and you had uh, was it Dross? I think it was. He was yeah, climbing Dross up an there, animal. yeah, because Dross was climbing up there to try and get him, and literally Dross just pushed him back, and he fell down the back. It was just like I had goosebumps. I was like. Is he dead? I mean, yeah, I I, we've said that with a few ones on tonight. You're thinking that he might be dead, but that was definitely another one that I was like, "Is he dead? Is he, is he just been pushed down to his death?" Because... Yeah, that was the one for me that I wasn't sure. I mean, yes, I was in my teens, but we're still like, the "Fuck, what's happened there? What, what, what's gone on?" Yeah, I mean, we've like, you know, we was talking about Mick Foley getting thrown off the cage. I mean, that's the that, way that, he the way he rolled. One. Yeah, because that's another one that gave you goosebumps was that one. But yeah. that, as you say, that one was a planned one. It was done all nicely. This one, it it didn't look like it was planned. No. I mean, yes, there were probably like stupid amounts of like uh, trampolines and um, air mattresses behind there to break his fall. But you just you didn't know, did you at the time? It's just like, oh, my God, he's gone. No, I mean, at the time when I first watched it, I was like, I, 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 I could swear that I'd just seen him 
die because he he was up there. He was not steady on his feet, and and then Drosh Drosh pushed Drosh Drosh Drosh. I can't I can't pronounce his name now. Drosh. You can see him push him. He, he didn't even try to grab him. He pushed him, and it was just like. I'm hoping there is something back there that's gonna that's gonna save him because it's yeah it's not it it, it wouldn't have been pretty yeah so there's a few of them I can honestly say I put my hand in my heart and thought ooh um uh Shane O'Mac when he was going up the side of the backlash yeah with uh, Steve Blackman Steve Blackman yeah Blackman, and he, sorry, he hit him yeah. and he hit him with um. King I came to stick and he fell backwards. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because you actually saw the fall and you saw everything underneath. And it was just a case of, yeah, that that, that was a box. Yeah. <laughs> We're nothing soft there. No, no. But I mean, when when you're talking about Shane McMahon, there's so many things he done that was like, you're putting your life in, in danger there. I mean, it's yeah. also. Uh, um, a King of the Ring, he had a match with um, yeah, Kurt Angle. Um, and the glass and, didn't break. Yeah, he was supposed to chuck him through the glass. The glass didn't break, so he done it again. And then he went and chuck him through another bit of glass. And again, it didn't break. But Shane's so like, throw throwing me again. Shane's yeah, telling him back to throw him in. Him, didn't they? Yeah. It's so he's landing like... on his head and his neck every time. You're like, this has got to start to hurt. And then, he, then Kurt just like, threw him through. And he would... Yeah. But it's not... Kirk wanting to throw him, Shane's saying, throw me again. Yeah. It's just like the amount of punishment he has put in himself. Because, I mean, he jumped off the top of the Hell in the Cell as well, didn't he? Yeah. Straight down onto the announce table. Who was that against? Uh, there was once against The Undertaker, and he went to do it against Kevin Owens, Sammy Zane, Paul Kevin Owens from underneath. Yeah. Yeah, the one I'm thinking of is The Undertaker one. Yeah, where Undertaker moved at the last second. He yeah. was literally the last second. He must yeah. have just felt his breath. <laughs> he must have. He, he felt the air coming down. Um, yeah. There's just there's so many. I mean... But, I mean, that, if you're talking about the hell in the cell as well, of people mm. falling off, the one that I felt with that, that it didn't put... He... he, he, he to me, he didn't seem like he was confident that he wanted to do it, and that was when Rikishi done it, because he just yes. fell back into the hay, back, hay, hay truck. To me, that was one of the moments where somebody's getting thrown off, or somebody's falling off, or jumping off, and it's just a case of, eh, it didn't look that convincing. I mean, no. I know when you hear stories about it, and Undertaker says Rikishi's last words were before he pushed him there was, tell my kids if I can't walk again, I love them. Yeah. And that's when the Undertaker, he said, I literally stood there for a few seconds going, should I do this? <laughs> and he went, and Rikishi apparently turned around and said, we have to, big man. We're in the spot now. Yeah. You know, that's why it took him so long to go off the top, if you ever notice it. I've never noticed it until I watched it back. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's probably the one of the times where somebody came off the top of a sand. I've gone, eh. I mean, looking back at Shawn Michaels' one now, and the very first one, yeah, he just falls. He's hanging on. It's not like he's just been chucked. No. You know, don't get me wrong, 20 foot, 25 foot, whatever it is, you land on the table, it's going to hurt. Oh, of course it's going to hurt. 
But after Mick Foley sets the bar, I don't know, 50,000 feet in the air, <laughs> you've really got to do something after that. Well, I mean, did you, did you know, right, ready for this, did you know that The Undertaker was wrestling that match with a broken ankle? What, with Mick Foley? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, after he does a choke slam and he comes through the hole he's made. Yeah, I, I see him, him fall down and he was he went a bit gingerly on his feet. Yeah, he broke. That was his ankle that was broken. Oh bloody hell! Yeah, and then he carried on the match. Yeah, but then again, Mick Foley carried on the match with a tooth <laughs> in his nose. <laughs> well, yeah, he had a tooth in his nose. He again, he was broken shoulder. Broke, yeah, I was gonna say broken shoulder. He near on died. <laughs> A broken ankle ain't gonna ain't as much as what he went through, is it? So that whole match is an oh my god goosebumps moment, you know, getting chucked off, getting choke slammed. Watching Terry Front get choke slammed out of his trainers was yeah. the funniest thing I saw in that match. I mean that for me, the 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 most my number one goosebump moment is that match at, at uh Royal Rumble. Was it Royal Rumble or King of the Ring? King of the Ring. King of the Ring, sorry. With the 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 cage match with Foley and Undertaker, it is just every part of it, and it, and it, you you watch the documentary, and you, Undertaker was like, all Mick wanted to do was get them thumbtacks out. Yeah, I, Undertaker is saying to him, like, look, we need to finish this. No, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. He it, it, until them thumbtacks can't come out, he was not finishing that match. Nah. And like you say, with Terry Funk, <laughs> he's getting bloody choke slammed out of his own shoes. It's Jay Harris said it. Terry Funk got choke slammed out of his damn shoes. I was like, oh my god, that's the funniest <laughs> thing I've heard all day. Yeah, I mean that whole that whole match to me that is the pinnacle of goosebump moments. That whole yeah. match. That's a whole and, oh my god match. Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's cliche. A lot of people say it, but it's definitely. Uh, an oh my god match it's definitely how can we top this and 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 like we said on the last podcast that wasn't even the main event no the main event was Kane versus Stone Cold if Kane loses he set himself on fire yeah I was just like well that's not gonna happen so Stone Cold's losing yeah as a kid I even said that as a kid well Kane's not you know he's not gonna do it I know we're in the attitude era but he's not gonna set himself on fire no, no, he, he ain't going to set himself on fire. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think, it, even if he did set himself on fire, I still don't think that would have beat that match. No. There, there is no way you could top that Hell in the Cell match. No way whatsoever. No, I agree with that. Totally. See, to me, um, Triple H coming back from his massive injury, that's a no, that was a goosebump moment. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was planned. Yes, you knew it was coming, but the crowd reaction and hearing his music and how pumped he was, it was just like, yep. Yeah, I mean... That, that's how I'd love to come back. <laughs> obviously, when he when he come back, when any, any wrestler comes back, they don't know what sort of pop they're going to get. And the pop that he got, yeah. It was a well-deserved one. Yeah. You know, come on, the guy tore one of his quads... Yeah. And still carried on the match. Still went for the walls of Jericho. Yeah. You know, that was another moment where if you listen to one of Jericho's podcasts, he says during the match, he goes, look, Hunter, what have you done? And he's like, I've done this. And he's like, you need medical help. 
And apparently Hunter's next next words were, put the walls of Jericho on me. Yeah. And he went, the fuck's wrong with you, man? <laughs> well, at the end of the day, as far as he's concerned, it's gone. Mm. <laughs> you, you do it, whatever you do, it's not going to make it any better. So let's crack on. That's what he said. He said, you know what? You're going to win the titles anyway. He said, it's gone. It's not going to get any better. He said, and if after the walls of Jericho, I'm feeling a bit gingerly, I'll just go and sit in the corner for a few seconds. Yeah. Which apparently he lay on the floor by the table for a bit. And one of the doctors kept saying, you need to go backstage. And he went, yeah, yeah, the match will be finished in a minute. <laughs> Unbeknown to him, the match went on for another 10 minutes. Yeah. And then he got up and he used the sledgehammer to break up a pin and he hit Steve. Yeah. And the only reason he did that was because he just couldn't walk. And that's when the referee went, right, we need to finish this now. Yeah. So that, I think that's an oh my God moment for me is when he come back. It was just like, yeah. When he won the Rumble, maybe not so much. Yeah. Because he was the favourite to win it. Yeah. But he, the, the whole promo when he come out, the pop from the crowd, the commentary, his reaction, it was just like, yeah, the game's back. And he's back as a face. Yeah. And he did a great job being a face with that whole Stephen McMahon storyline with the dog and the car. and Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, like I said, there's loads in my head, but just some of them you think. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there's loads of, oh my God, goose pimps matches out there. Or it, not, there's some of them aren't even matches. It's like, like we've already said when, um, Edge had to retire, even when Daniel Bryan had to retire. Oh yeah, yeah. That's another one. It was just like it. It was unforeseen. I mean, I can't say so much about when Paige retired. It was a shame to see her have to retire, but yeah. she had already been out of the ring for a while beforehand. Yeah, she went away for a while with the Dorio, and it was like, well, she wasn't there that much to miss. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if she'd. If she'd just been having a big, big rain, like title rain and, and on the telly all the time. And then all of a sudden it's like, right, I've been injured. Weren't it Sasha Banks that injured her, I think, weren't it? Uh, yeah, because she kicked her in the back of the head. Yeah. And then she came out and said, right, I've now been injured. I've got to retire. And she'd been on top for a, a year, two years. Then, yeah, maybe it might have been, oh, my God, but... You haven't been on telly much. You've come back with um uh what was they called? Uh Becky and Charlotte and her. No, she came back with Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Oh god, yeah. And they were um can't think what they came back as. But she no. she came she brought them two in from NXT and she yeah. came back as as the, the group and she was only the mouthpiece of the group, she weren't even wrestling. No, and then she'd done a couple of matches and then got injured. It's like there's not much to miss because we haven't seen you for so long, yeah. But with the likes of Daniel Bryan and Edge, even when Dave Batista had his issue fit and left when he was, oh, when he was in the wheelchair, when he was in the wheelchair. Again, it's another I one. It's would. like you've you've done you've done a lot, and it's going to be a, a shock to see you disappear. Yeah, and then you also had when um, Trish Stratus left. Oh yeah, because that's another one, another goosebump moment of her, her her saying that she's going, 
Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I remember which one you're on about now. When she beat um, Mickey James, uh, yes, to the, her final title, wasn't it? And then she, yes. did, she just dropped the title after yeah. that. She won the title and then said, "I'm off." <laughs> Excuse me. And then you had Lita leave just afterwards, but no one really felt sorry for Lita because Lita was such a hill at the time. Yeah, it's because of what she did with Matt and, and Edge. And yeah. I know that they're all good friends now. Well, friends. But <laughs> I didn't realise that that storyline was real until my cousin was like, oh, yeah, look at it. And I was like, oh, God, actually, yeah. Yeah. You know. Obviously, if you're talking about Goosebumps moments, right, the the, the one that everybody's going to always remember is Edge jumping from the, doing the spear from the ladder. Yeah. To Jeff Hardy? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was in one of the TLC matches, I believe. Yeah. One of the yeah. original ones. So I said, you're always going to remember that because it was dangerous. It was something that had never been done and... Just to see all everybody's like flash go off as he did it was just like wow yeah. I think at that moment I think WWE must have been going yeah if this guy goes single we've got to push him. Yeah, well, they did in the end, didn't they? At yeah. the end of the day, he he showed his worth. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, if you're talking about that sort of thing, you've also got to talk about when Undertaker jumps over the top rope. Oh God, yeah. I mean, the first time he did one. that. It's like the first time you see him do old school as well. It's just like, yeah. how does somebody your height and your size do that? Yeah, I mean, you you ain't you're 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 not gonna think anything of it of people like Evan Bourne and uh, Ray Mysterio, people like that doing that sort of stuff. But the Undertaker. I'm glad you went to Evan Bourne because I've just got oh, what's the name moment in my head then. <laughs> Go do on. you know which one I'm on about? Uh, I will do once you say it. Right. Evan Bourne versus Randy Orton. Evan, Evan Bourne kicks Randy Orton to the floor and goes to do airborne, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He does the backwards flip sort of thing. Yeah. And as he's coming down, Orton literally pushes himself off the floor and catches him with an RKO. RKO, yeah. Uh, to me, mother, that was just like, what? And uh, as, as Randy Orton always says, an RKO, RKO will come from nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. See, if you go for things like that, you've got to go for HBK super kick on Shelton Benjamin when he comes off the top of the rope. Yeah, yeah. It was the best super kick I've ever seen. And it yeah. was sold perfectly because you clearly thought Shelton Benjamin was done. He was yeah. knocked. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you, you've got certain moves out there that if they're sold right, they look so devastating. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, when you're talking about people selling moves, you've then got to talk about The Rock. The Rock. Selling the Overselling Stone the Stone Cold Stunner every time. Do you know why, though? To the point where Stone Cold was like, what? <laughs> Do you know why, though? Because Austin was like, nobody ever sells a stunner. They always just go down. Yeah. And the Rock annoyed him at first, didn't they? So every time he did it, he was like, I'm going to make it worse and worse yeah. and worse and oversell yeah. it more times. To the point that Steve just turned around and went, you're taking the mic, man. What are you <laughs> actually doing? Do you know one of the best ones I've seen is when he stunned him and he just stood there. Oh, yeah, and he does the camera Wait. thing with his hands. Yeah, so then he stunned him again. <laughs> and then he goes down. 
I think the best stunner I ever saw was the one on uh, Scott Hall at WrestleMania. Yeah. He stunned him once. And then uh, he still stood up and he stunned him again. And as he, as he come down with his neck, I swear to God, if you ever get to watch it, Scott Hall does this thing where he like frog hops backwards and he must fly like two, three feet. And it's great because it just sells it so brilliantly because then he's on the floor like, uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm not sure I know which one you're talking about. I'll have to have a look at oh. the back of that one. Uh, WrestleMania. Oh, it was a WrestleMania with Hogan versus Rock. Oh, which right. In 18? Yeah, I think that was 18, I think. Yeah, Icon versus Icon. Mm. But to me, that wasn't a match of the night. Yes, it was Icon versus Icon, but it wasn't a match of the night. But that's that's for the WrestleMania days. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it, it's as we've as we've already said many a times, there are definitely pay-per-views where it's what's supposed to be the match isn't yeah. the match. Yeah. I mean, you you can always write up a really good storyline and make it sound like it is going to be the match to end all matches. But and he goes on second. Yeah, but then I mean, it all depends on how it's performed on the night. There's you can't, because at the end of the day, Vince can't turn around and say, you've got to make this match a mediocre match to a wrestler because they want to go out there and perform their best. Yeah. You can't tell everybody, right, you've all got to have mediocre matches because that has got to be the match of the night. Yeah. Because everyone wants to go out there and prove that they're worth going to the next level. Well, they did that in NXT once. Triple H went in there before WrestleMania 30, I think it was. Yeah. And he goes in there, he goes, look, we've had the Hall in, Hall in Fame ceremony. You guys are next. Set it up for WrestleMania. Don't stink the giant out. Yeah. And then at the end of the WrestleMania, I think it was on one of the 24s, WWE 24s. He walks in there and he literally just goes, you fuck guys. Why did you have to do that? That was amazing. Now we've got so much to follow. And like, everybody just starts laughing and cheering each other because... I think it was Ricochet jumped through the... Oh, how do I describe this? He ran around the ring, jumped through the turnbuckles. Right. And DDT'd somebody on the other side. Bloody hell. I mean, Adam Cole. I'm not a big NXT fan, so I've not watched a lot of NXT. Oh. So it's it's sometimes it's interesting to hear stuff about NXT. Yeah, he goes through, literally through like the second and third, I think it is, between them. Yeah. Comes out the other side, grabs Adam Cole and DDTs him. And it's just like, yes, there wasn't many fans in the tennis. There was probably about 20, 25,000. But it's sounded like there was like 90,000 at that point. And like I said, it was match four. It wasn't even the main event. <laughs> Bloody hell. I mean, that's that's the thing. Maybe you got Triple H coming out there and saying, like, do good, but not too good. Maybe he's done that to jeer them on a bit more and be like I know this is what I'm telling you but I want you to do better than what I'm telling you yeah because then like you say it not only does it show that they're good enough to 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 progress it then makes the people at Wrestlemania think right now we've got to try and beat that yeah and I mean That has been the problem with WWE for so long where they haven't had no competition. That's why WWE, in my eyes at the moment, is so poorly 
received because they've had no competition. They've not it's been, awesome. this is what we've got to try and compete with. Now they've it's got AEW. Plateaued, yeah. Now they've got AEW. They've got, right, we've got to try and outdo these. Back in yeah. the Attitude Era, when you had the Monday Night Wars, when you had WCW out there, they had they they wanted to beat WCW. Yes, they beat WCW. They bought WCW. Yeah, they proved their worth. As soon as they got I... no competition, it's like, well, we might as well just carry on because if you want to watch wrestling, this is what you've got to watch. So the thing is, between two thousand and one and two thousand and six, when it was SmackDown versus Raw, yeah, it worked because. The only time then people saw each other was when it was SummerSlam, SmackDown, or uh, SmackDown, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, or Royal Rumble, or yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, well, that's when Vince McMahon was still on the heels of the Monday Night Wars mm. and wanting to compete. As soon as he stopped wanting to compete, even with himself, and it was just like, right, it's a free-for-all. You can go where you want. You can do what you want. Yeah. People are like, well, we've not got anything to get behind. It's no, like we can watch Raw and we can watch SmackDown. They're all on there. Then they come to the pay-per-view. They're all on the pay-per-view. When you've got when you've got nothing, nobody's going to want to watch it. Yeah. That's why AEW now is, is a good thing, hopefully a good thing for WWE. But yeah. personally, I want AEW to outshine WWE. And me. I want them to do what WCW did. I want them to... Be like, well, we're winning this. Yeah. And then that'll get WWE into thinking, actually, you know what? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't push the the old guys like Goldberg and Lesnar. And yeah. And we should start bringing people through. Like the Sheamus is still there, you know, Big yeah. E, Kofi, uh, Keith Lee, Ricochet. Bring them yeah. forward. They could probably lead it forward. But yeah, I mean, the only thing. I don't want AEW to do the same as WCW is get too uh what's what's the word too big for themselves where they think that they're invincible and like wait because when they first brought out NWO, yeah, which is another oh my god moment when you had uh, uh when you had Hulk Hogan come down and you thought he was coming down to help out Randy Savage. And then he joins the NWO. It's just like he's the third man. Is that's another one? It was like, what? See, did you ever hear the commentary to that? <clears throat> yeah. When Bobby Heenan says when he comes down, he goes, "I think it's uh, Cody Rhodes' dad, Dusty Rhodes." Yeah. And he says, "Come and get him, Hogan." And then Bobby Heenan says, "But which side is he on?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you gave it away." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that you didn't been... realize it at the time, but you gave it away. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely. He should have kept his mouth shut because everyone's assuming he's coming down to save Savage. Yeah, because he was in red and yellow. Yeah. You know, Luger had gone off. I think it was Luger had gone off and Savage was on his ones. And he was just like, eh. yeah. So you assume he's coming down to help Savage. So yeah, yeah he should have kept his mouth shut and it would have been, I mean, very much. Still a shock, don't get me wrong. Yeah, because back then you weren't. Yeah, you was listening to the commentary, but you weren't taking it in as much. You was like, yeah, he's come to help. It's going to be all right. And then he's like, what? What has he just done? He's he's the third man. What? Yeah. Because Hogan had never been a heel up until that point. No. He'd gone and through his whole career. 
my cousin said at the time, he was like, he wouldn't make a good heel. How wrong he was, my cousin was. Yeah. He <laughs> said, so I, I, I mean, we can always do a podcast about uh, people who were face, better faces and heels, but, you know, Hogan was a good heel. He really was a good heel. I found think he made a better heel than he did a face. Yeah, I mean, Austin, Austin, I thought Austin made a great heel, and yet people, other people don't. Oh no, he was a he was a really good heel, Austin. But I mean, with yeah. Hulk Hogan, back in the eighties when it was all about his vitamins, prayers, and twenty four inch pythons, yeah, he was cushy back then. But that's all you ever knew. When he yeah. brought out his heel side, it was like you have got so much more to you. Yeah, he was so arrogant. He was so cocky. He didn't wrestle so much. See now. As you know, I'm not the biggest John Cena fan. I mean, no. I hope I don't see him. Um, but if he went and done a heel turn, I reckon he could be actually quite good as a heel. But, see, there was talk of him bringing out the NWO back, weren't that, and him being the leader? Yeah, well, I think that would work. Yeah. I, I truly do think that would work. You know, I mean, we always fantasised. I mean, I've done it on WWE. I haven't done it with you. But I made the NWO up. I think I have made it with you. But my, my team was Cena led it. Yep. Dolph Ziggler was in it. Yeah. Bobby Roode was in it. And Randy Orton was in it. Two newbies. Two veterans, I suppose you call Orton and Cena. Yeah, well, they've been around for a while now, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's we can do a podcast at least on tag teams and maybe stables and things like that. But I always truly believe that if Cena was to go heel like Reigns has now, people like Reigns. Yeah. Now he's a heel. Yeah. People like Reigns because he's now got Paul Heyman in his corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I like, mean, still personally myself, I'm still not a Reigns fan because I don't like Reigns style of wrestling. No, he's like John Cena, five moves and he's done. Yeah. And that's why I don't like John Cena. It's not, I don't like John Cena as a person because it's, he comes across as a nice person. Mm -hmm. But I just don't like his wrestling style. And that's the same with, with Roman Reigns. I mean, as soon as you see him getting ready to do the Superman punch, that's it. You know, the match is over. He doesn't. See, I always said he wanks his fist. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Not very PG, is it? <laughs> you said anything about PG, mate? We ain't PG here. Not here, but he's in the PG, PG era, yeah. isn't he? See, I mean, like you said, goosebumps moments. For me, like I said, I didn't like him at the time, but when he came out and announced that his leukemia was back. Yeah. Yeah. That was the moment that really shocked me and it really did give me goosebumps. And I was just like, you know, when he said, my name's Joe, and I was like, yeah, this isn't scripted. No, no. This is this is Vince and Triple H going out saying, right, you've got one speech. Go out there, say what the hell you want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as, as I've just stated, I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns, but when he did come out with that speech and it was just like, is... <sighs> For him to come out and tell everyone that at that time, it was just like, yeah. I mean, I've got a T-shirt. I've got a Roman Reigns T-shirt with um, 
I think it says fuck cancer on it or something like that. Okay. Um I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll dig it out somewhere, but it's got it's got a picture of him on, on the front and yeah, and it, it, it says that on there. Cause it's it's not just like the speech and everything like that. It's the fact that the commentators are silent. Yeah. And then as he's walking back up the ramp, it's the real emotions in John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, whatever yeah. you want to call him. And Seth Rollins. Yeah. Because you can just tell that Seth's been crying all the way through that promo. Oh, yeah. You know, and considering that those three lads didn't even know each other before NXT. Yeah. It means that, you know, they built up a big fight. I think John Moxley was always the distant one out of the three. Yeah. Well, I see, I don't think he ever really wanted to be a part of the Shield and and all that I always feel he has always wanted to be the star that he is now because mm. when you watch back at his earlier matches before he came to WWE when he was John Moxley before he turned into Dean Ambrose what he is now is what he was back then and then yeah. when WWE got hold of him right we're changing your name to Dean Ambrose you can't do this you can't do that so you're basically saying I can't do what I do best I think that was a massive part of him leaving. Yeah. You know. Cause... I mean, a, cu- a couple of times, towards the end, a couple of times you started seeing more of John Moxley rather than Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Like when EC was interrupted, EC3. Yeah. yeah. What's your name? What does EC stand for? Where's EC1 and one two? Of two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, see, that's definitely... You could see more... Of John Moxley there than Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And I think if they'd let him roll with that, he'd have been fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, we talk about WWE going away from PG. I mean, look when she Alexa Bliss did the uh, moment of bliss. Yeah. The amount of times she was like, Oh, you look like you got some good abs. You show me those abs and I'll show you my, you know, it's just like, yep. Yeah. Every man wants to see that. Yeah. I mean, there are occasions that. Vince McMahon is going, right, we're going to push the envelope a little bit tonight, but don't go too far. No. I think he wants to test the waters, but he's not testing them the right way. He's just like, right, Alexa, out of this three-hour show, you can do this for five minutes. Yeah. And John Moxley, you could do this for five minutes out of a three-hour show. Instead of making say even an hour's worth of the show more risque for yeah. people to be like, oh, do you know what? This is catching my attention a bit more. He's like, no, only five minutes to do. If we can see that they like it in that five minutes, then we might do more. He's not giving it enough time for people to go, do you know what? They're being a little bit riskier. And the only time I can ever say that I've, I've seen the crowd react really well to a bit risky was the, obviously the Alexa Bliss book. That was just purely and simply because people wanted to see what she was going to say. Yeah. But then you got Kofi Kingston when he had that rivalry with Simone Joe. And Joe, to, uh, Joe said something about hiding behind hiding behind the rest of the New Day. And he pushes past the New Day. And he yeah. just gives him the middle finger. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. I would never expect that from Kofi Kingston. But again, that was a two-second bit of risk A in a three-hour show. But it was well received, and I don't know why they didn't push with it. 
That's it. That's, that, that's the thing, though. It's Vince McMahon. I mean, honest to God, the last time I can honestly say, it didn't even it didn't give me goosebumps, but the last thing I can think of where WWE pushed, not just pushed the envelope, but opened it and went inside, was Edge and Lita's live sex show. Yeah. That was the last time I can honestly say that they really pushed it. Yes, yeah. when DX come back and they did all the innuendo jokes and but you know, then... Vince loving chicken, I mean, cock. <laughs> but I mean... That's the DX coming back. DX, that's what would DX were always about. But when they brought them back and they were doing that, it wasn't as no, they were still they were already when they were down. Yeah, it was DX, DX diluted. Yeah, or diluted. I mean, sorry, don't get me wrong. They still did things like when they did um, the Spirit Squad and Shawn Michaels had the the short people come out and then. Triple H had the proper cheerleaders with really big yeah. boobs come out, and um, obviously well, the, the the skit with um, Randy Orton with the towel just covering his um, yeah. And I thought, well, that's quite funny, but I kind of feel like they would have swore a lot more in the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the thing. I mean, back in the Attitude Era, when you got DX and you've got Shawn Michaels pretending to suck off a, a a dick and cradle his balls. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, come on, you're not going to have that at a DX nowadays, are you? Or back back oh, when they when they came back? So, um, I, I, I personally, honest to God, think that it's not through any fault of DX or WWE, but I would love to have seen um, Shawn Michaels and Triple H run with Road Dog, X-Pac, Billy Gunn, China, during the action yeah. era, because I think they could have been huge. Yeah. But I think they would have been faces for a lot longer. Yeah. You know, I'd... but I think Triple H made it, you know, I think that was the making of him. Maybe it took oh, yeah. him to get injured to for, for someone to go, give him a try. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to another Oh My God moment, which obviously this podcast is about. Not that it was shown on TV, but the curtain call. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. The curtain call. That is why Triple H got put back, because he was the only one they could that Vince could punish. Yeah, because Hall and Nash had left. Hall and, and Nash had left. And, yeah. So, they had to punish someone. He got the punishment. He went right to the back of the queue, and he had to work his way back up again. Yeah, because he was meant to win the 1996 Royal Rumble, uh, yeah. King of the Rings, sorry. Yeah. And when he got pushed to the back, it was given to Austin. Yeah. Yes. You know, we make lemons into lemonade. Austin 316 was born, but... Yeah. Do you think Steve Austin would have been so big if Triple H had won it? See, now that's, that, this is this is the thing where you, you look at it, it. That was the old, oh my God moment, the curtain call. Triple H has now been pushed back. Would would we be talking about Stone Cold the way we do today if it wasn't for that curtain call? I don't think so. Because you would never have had, you say your prayers, you say your palms, 316s, well, Austin 316s, and I would your ass. Yeah. That was the attitude error. That was it born. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I think Stone Cold would have done well. Yeah. But I don't think we would have had the Stone Cold that we got. No. His popularity wasn't 
huge then. It became popular after he said, Austin 316 said, I just whooped your ass. Yeah. You know, I don't think if he hadn't said that, then he would have still been maybe like Rocky Maivere was when he first came in. I see champion, no better. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think eventually, yeah. Because I think him and Triple H and Rock, like they did, would have pushed each other to the next level. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, all three of them back in the day in the Attitude Era, if it weren't for them three, I don't think we would have had an Attitude Era if it weren't for the likes of Triple H, Shawn Michaels, um, Stone Cold and The Rock. Mm-hmm. If they weren't all together at the same time, I don't think we would have had the Attitude Era that we got. Nah. And the fact that, you know, Undertaker uh, metamorphed himself to suit the Attitude Era. Yeah. I mean, there's the oh my God moment, right? Remember the guy who played Midian? Who? Midian. Midian. Yeah, he used to be one half of um, the Farmer Boys. I can never remember the names. He used to come down with Giant Haystacks. I don't ring a bell to the hug farmers, the hug farmers they were called, or something like that. Um, but one of them he lost his way, so WWE sort of put him in like like a a, an Al Snow sort of position, right? Um, oh, I know you're on about, yeah. And then I remember on one raw, I think Viscera kidnapped him, yeah, and they lay him down at the table. And it was like he literally embalmed the poor bloke live on TV. And it was just yeah. one of those moments where you're just like, this is real. Because <laughs> that 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 knife's got blood on it now. You yeah. sure this is real? <laughs> but it is. It was a goosebump moment because it was a case of, have we just seen somebody getting carved up? Yeah. Is The Undertaker really supernatural? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then when he comes out as Midian the next week, well, well he's not dead. No. So, yeah, I think that was that was another, you know, the Undertaker turning to the Lord of Darkness, I think his persona was then. Yeah. I think that, for me, was a massive, like, all right, yes, I remember him coming out to Bong. You know, now he's coming out to Tongue. Uh, it's like speaking in tongues and things like that. Yeah. But the, the, the French horn, to me, that was his best theme tune with the French horn. Yeah, the Ministry yeah. of Darkness theme tune. Yeah, uh, that is definitely one of the best Undertaker ones, yeah. Um, but his old persona was the case of people feared him. Yeah. You know, yes, the original Undertaker, the new Undertaker, the American badass. Yeah, people feared him, but when he's coming out with like a group full of people who included Bradshaw, Farouk, Midian, Viscera, Edge, Christian, Gangrel. Paul Bearer, Kane, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also during that time, weren't that when he um, put Stephanie on the cross? That was it, yeah. And Stone Cold saved her. Yeah. Yeah, because it was the end of, was it Judgment Day in your house? Where Stephanie gets to the back of the car and he goes, where to Stephanie? That was a goosebump moment. Yeah. Just for a scream. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, from then, still to this day, I still think Stephanie is one of the hottest women on in WWE. Yeah. Never hotter than when she was part of the invasion angle. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Jericho was taking the mick out of her boobs. 
Because <laughs> they grew. <laughs> yep. Let the boobies hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there's there's so many, like you said, there's so many, oh my God, goosebump moments you could come up with. I mean, in the hour and 25, yes, we've gone off track a little bit with certain things, but I, I mean, think we've scratched the surface. Definitely. I mean, with, with, with the oh my God moments, I think we could even do a three hour podcast and Just we would still have things. more. We would still have more. Yeah. There is, when you think of, we're going back to old old school wrestling. So you're looking at the attitude era. You're looking at the ruthless regression era. The amount of different things that have been there to make you think, "Oh my god!" And uh, I, I have to admit, a lot of them we've just mentioned him just to get second ago, but a lot of them are to do with the Undertaker. Yeah, with the amount of different matches. I mean, you got about talk about the Inferno match. Yes, the one with Kane. Yeah. Yeah. The very first time they have an Inferno match, and it's just like someone is going to be caught alight here. And they're wrestling, and then the flames go up to the sky, and it's just like, what? That was the first time we saw The Undertaker leap over the rope as well. Yeah. I think that was the match when he first did it, just to get out the ring. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, that is another one. And I mean, if you're talking about, Undertaker, oh my god, moments. We could probably do a two hour podcast just on Undertaker, oh my god, moments <laughs> because he has had so much since he turned up at uh, Survivor Series. He has had so many, oh my god, moments. And he was Kane the Undertaker, yeah. See, there, there you go. There's another, and I don't know what it was about that this moment, but it was when Kane turned up for the first time ever. Yeah, I don't know if it was the red lights, whether it was Kane walking out as a formidable force, or whether it was just Vince McMahon saying that's got to be Kane. Yeah, but it is a moment that puts your arms on your the hairs on your arms up. Yeah, but another thing that not a lot of people know about the Undertaker is when he very first debuted, he was the Undertaker Kane. Yeah, or was it Kane the Undertaker? Kane, Kane the Undertaker is original yeah. name was. And he, he he was introduced like that a couple of times at the very beginning. And then yeah, they dropped that... the Kane part. And then obviously, eventually, Kane is his brother. Yeah, it's because when I think Brother Love gave him to Brother Bearer, as he was then. Yeah. I think that's when they dropped the Kane part. Yeah. Because they must have had a thought, mm, maybe we can use Kane in the future. Yeah. I mean... I mean, who was Kane? Kane, when he first came in, he was the fake Diesel. I didn't get that. Yeah, well, he was the fake Diesel, and he, he was also uh, Doctor... Oh, he was the dentist, wasn't yeah. he? Yes. Uh, that's it. Jerry Lawler's dentist. Yeah. I so mean... Is that, you know, that was a good... good Because he had a good feud there with Bret Hart. Yeah. But then he just disappeared, and I, I don't even know what happened after that. But he had always... Paul Bearer and... Mark Galloway, the Undertaker, they they had worked with Glenn Jacob, obviously Kane, before, and they're the ones that actually went to Vince and said, "At a house show, wasn't it, or something?" Yeah, this is the person we want to work with. This is the person we want to be Kane. 
you've you've got to listen to us. And obviously, Vince obviously respecting the Undertaker, he did listen to him, and thank God he did. See, you talk about Kane. There's an oh my god moment with Kane where he had to like, unmask. Yeah, and you know that was, it was after a Triple H match, weren't it? Yeah, and Rob Van Dam had said, "Look, you don't have to do this, dude. You don't have to do this." And it was just a look on Rob Van Dam's face when he turned around, and yeah. then the way he attacked RVD, and then he turned into what was a fantastic heel. Yeah, but it was just the initial. Oh my god! You know, yes, it's a normal person under there, but the the way the makeup had gone, the way he cut his hair funny, and yeah. It was just a case of, whoa. Yeah. And I felt really bad for going, whoa, at the time. Yeah, yeah. But again, with, with Kane, there's so many oh my god moments with Kane as well, though, isn't there? Most of them we shame at, man. Yeah. You know, electrocuting him. Yeah. His testicles, sorry. Electrocuting his testicles. Yeah. Um. See, the other, I don't know. I mean, there is one funny one that stands out, and that's Gene Snitsky when he punts the baby. <laughs> it shouldn't make me laugh, but it does. Because all I can hear in my head then is, you know, the, the, the American NFL football theme tune. <laughs> it's like he punts that for a goal, a fair goal. He, that, he does, doesn't he? I was like, oh, my God. And then, and then he came out with his catch rate. It's not my fault. Well, you know, I mean, originally that was an oh my god moment where he hit Kane and Kane fell on Lita. Yeah. Yes, you knew Lita wasn't pregnant, but it was just the initial fact of what happens if she was though. Well, yeah. You know, and then to see Kane sort of turn into a little bit of a human. Yeah. You know, it was that was quite a shocking moment. That was because, like you said, even though you knew it was it, it, she wasn't pregnant. It was a case of well, what happens if she had been. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was that what was that meant to happen? Was it? Yeah, and then this it comes out with with the famous "It wasn't my fault" catchphrase, That's and it. and when you're talking about that, I like the uh, when they done the promos for the WrestleMania Hollywood WrestleMania, and it was. They were doing different scenes, and the scene broke. And it was a. It's not my fault. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> See, everybody remembers Candice Michelle's part in that, which does that turn thing in that silver top. But yeah. it's always, I always remember Gene Snitsky going, "It wasn't my fault." All Big Show when he rips his jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you where you had Big Show do the jacket. Gene Snitsky wasn't my fault, and uh, is it Batista doing? Um, Oh, uh, when he walks in at the end, he goes, excuse me, can I have you said go, you're talking to me? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that was great. I mean, the best one of all them. Um, oh, God, it was either The Undertaker when he was, um, oh, what was his name? Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Or uh, Triple H, where he's trying to be Braveheart. Yeah, yeah, that actually was quite amusing. The Braveheart one. Come on, and champ, come on, Woo, let's get this donkey moving. Come on. <laughs> but another thing with with uh, old Undertaker is that he would never break character. He was always he was the Undertaker, no matter what. 
Yeah, they tried to get into small so many times. And they tried they? so many times, even with Kurt Angle giving him a kiss, trying to get him to do the take a Rooney. It's just like so many funny moments. It. Yeah. Even Vince did the spinner Rooney, and it was just like Undertaker was like, nope. Not nope, doing it. not doing nope. it. That's not my then game. Kane did it. Then Kane did it. That is definitely one. He was all about, or he still is, all about the business. He was just like, this is my character. This is what I do. I don't do anything else. Yeah. Because you, you you'd, you'd never see him outside of, of, the, of a wrestling either. He, once he left the, 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 um, the arena, that was mm-hmm. it. He was still in character. Yeah, you would never actually meet Mark Galloway. It was only you would only know the Undertaker. I think that's why when he became the American badass, it was a lot easier for him because he could just be normal, couldn't he? Yeah, you know, he didn't have to have the whole. I'm not really going to talk. I'm just going to roll my eyes at you. And yeah, like you said, with the goosebump moments. Number one and number two, or number three, he's got to be like Shane McMahon, Undertaker, and Kane. Yeah. Not in that specific order, obviously, but. No. But like, there's loads you could just. Well, like, like I say, we could be here for another hour and a half and probably still be like, we've still got more that we can talk about. Yeah. You know, like there's returns, like Kevin Nash when he saved Shawn Michaels from the beating. Yeah. You know, the noise that, that came from that. Booker T turn return at a Royal Rumble after being off for ages. I personally think one of the oh my god moments that wasn't in WWE was the main event Mafia debuting on TNA. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just about to say. We've we've said all our oh, oh my god moments, but we've only spoke about WWE. We haven't spoke about our oh my god moments of WCW, huh? TNA. There's still so many more different ones that we could say i mean possibly at a later date we may come back to do another podcast of oh my god moments part two aw wcw tna impact as you want to call it now is it impact now yeah Yeah. i never i never could understand why they was going to change it to global force that was jeff jarrett's idea that was yeah well no because he set up a whole nother company didn't he because he sold uh, impact to uh, um, Dixie Carter and her old man. Yeah. And then he went off and made his own company and then he went to bring it in to TNA and it's just like, you're you're trying to now change TNA into Global Force. It's just like, yeah. mm, it didn't quite make sense. No, I never got it. I mean, yes, it gave a lot more stars. A platform to work on, but that, I think that's what AEW and uh, Impact have done. Yeah, because not only have you got AEW Show One and Show Two, you've also got Impact Wrestling. Yeah, which means they got three shows technically. Well, you've all you've you've got AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, Rampage and AEW Dark. Oh God, yes, yeah. so you got four. So you've got three on AEW. You've got Impact Wrestling. Yeah. And then you've got the one that a lot of people say is really good. I personally have never watched any of it, and that's New Japan. I've never watched any New Japan wrestling. I've never watched New Japan, but I've been told it's amazing. I, I've been told it is really good, but I've I, it's not been something that's ever 
interested me. Nah, because I know a lot of superstars do go to New Japan for a while. Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. Um, Chris Jericho went there. Hulk Hogan's been there. Albert did as well, didn't he? Albert, A-Brain. Yeah, Brain, yeah he went there. Tensai, didn't he? Yeah, and then he came back to WWE with all the Chinese yeah. writing over his face. I never understood that gimmick. The thing is, he come back as Tensai, which is what he was in New Japan, but people remember A-Train and Albert. Yeah, well, because he came down with all the Chinese writing and all that, and everyone was going, Albert, Albert. Shave your back. Yeah, it's like, that's what they want you to be. Just go back and be it. Don't carry on with this gimmick you're doing now because it don't make sense. Because I never made any sense of it, and that's because I didn't watch New Japan, obviously. No. And although a lot of wrestling fans do watch New Japan, they like what you do in New Japan. They don't necessarily like what you do in New Japan when you come back to WWE. No. When you're in WWE, they remember you as what you was. You find a lot of people who watch WWE are not like us. They just watch WWE. Yeah. And that's it. You know, it's like, where's Adam Cole gone? Oh, he's in a black hole somewhere. No, he's gone to AW. No, he's in a black hole somewhere. Yeah. Well, you, you know. have you have got people that they are a diehard WWE fan. I mean, you, you read some of the articles that go on Facebook and it's like, AEW are trying to be a WWE ripoff. It's like no, they're not. They're they're actually their own company. They're doing really well. AEW would never succeed. Vince McMahon's got all the money. It's like well, actually, Tony and his dad, uh, billionaires, just like Vince McMahon. So Tony Khan's worth quite a bit. Yeah, you know he's well, actually got... probably one person who could match Vince pound for pound. Well, the thing is. AEW is owned by Tony Khan and his dad. They're both billionaires. Oh, wow. And Vince McMahon is one person who's a billionaire. Mm. So you've got a company owned by a billionaire compared to a company that's owned by two billionaires. I believe they're both billionaires. I know his dad definitely is, but I know Tony is worth a lot of money anyway. But yeah, I know Tony's worth a but like, I didn't know about his dad though. Yeah, well they own they he owns uh what football team does he own in the UK? Fulham. That's it, Fulham. Ah, that's who he is then. Yeah. Cuz yeah. Tony Khan and his dad both own Fulham. Yeah, I know Tony Khan owns them cuz he's been to a few of their matches, yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, his dad. If we just like wrap up the the oh my god moments. There's two I've got in my head. I know you're yep. not going to agree with one of them. Go on. Shinsuke Nakamura's debut. <laughs> it was. It, it was. I know you don't like him, but it was the fact that when he came, a Miz called out somebody, and the guy came out playing the violin. Yeah. And then have his music in the background playing, and him coming out, and they bowed at each other, and they, it was just like, yeah, Shinsuke's here. This guy's brilliant in New Japan. That's the only one I actually know from New Japan. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> but I'm not, I'm not, as you know, I'm not a Shinsuke fan. I don't like the bloke. I don't particularly like his ring entrance. I don't like his wrestling style. And I just don't like him as he comes across as a person. Yeah. So, yeah, that one I definitely can't agree with you on. 
Okay. And then last one, it was Kane at the yep. Royal Rumble, the last Attitude Royal Rumble where he picks the big show up. Yeah. On the side and he chucks him over the top rope. It's yeah. not even like the big show helps him, he just picks him up and just chucks him over. He chucks him, yeah. And it was one of those moments like, wow. And to me, Stone Cold won it that year, but I think Kane should have. Yeah. Just for that. If you're going to do yeah. something like that, you deserve it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, yeah. I mean, is there any more you can think of? or um, Nothing that comes prominently to my head that I could say at this precise moment. I mean, like we said already, we got I've got loads that I can think of, but nothing that comes to my head at this precise second. Mm-hmm. I think... The ones that I would wanted wanted to talk about tonight, I've already spoke about. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. Um, episode one will be up tomorrow. Excellent. Episode two will be up on Friday, hopefully. And then on Saturday, as is coming away up to me, and we're going to do an actual podcast in the same room. Whoop whoop. In um, the words, in the words of. Rick Flair. Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be cool to have you up here. And we can do, obviously, the WrestleMania podcast then, um, yep. which we said earlier be five of your best WrestleManias, five of your worst WrestleManias. Why? Yep. Um, I know you've done a lot of going back and watching, and so have I. So, but like, I had my five that I hated and five that I liked already. I just yep. wanted to make sure I knew why. I mean, not that I'm going to give too much away, but one one of the ones that I hated is going all the way back to WrestleMania 1. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there's one match in there that I personally, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know that's obviously a bit further away than the Attitude Era that we mainly talk about. No, no. But obviously, when we're talking about WrestleMania, we've got 31 now, isn't it? Uh, There's 30... I think it's 34 this year, this time. Yeah, I I think you're actually right. Yeah, 34. So, yeah, we've got a lot of WrestleManias that we can talk about, so... Cool. Well, then, as as always, thank you very much. That's not a problem. Always a pleasure. Guys, thanks for listening. Um... We will be setting up a Facebook page and an email address soon. So if you guys want to give us any ideas to have a chat about, it'd be fantastic. Um, we've all got free followers so far on Spotify. Yay. Yay. But it will be getting it will be getting put out a bit more in the next few days once we've got one and two episodes up there. So yeah, that once again, guys, thank you so much. As always, it's fun to talk about wrestling. Always. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye. Bye.